You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Time now to have a look at the world from the perspective of a personal finance organization by the name of Brentus Wealth. It's It's My Money. And with me from Brentus Wealth is Magnus Haystack, investment strategist at that institution. And I'm just reading a newsletter that you sent to, you kindly sent to me in the last couple of days, Magnus, and you've been very prudent over the, over the years when it comes to protecting people's portfolios, but even you must be stretched to the limit at the moment. Yes, uh, good day, Lindsay. Even um, if you put in very, very conservative investment strategies, you're not going to walk away unscathed from what's happening in markets right now. You know, whether it's equities, whether it's bonds, whether it's uh, global tech stocks, um, even gold at the time behaves like it's a tech stock. So there's no place to hide like they used to have that old radio station on, on, on Springbok Radio many years ago. There's just no place to hide. Um, and, 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 I, and I sense from the news flow that it can get a bit worse before it bottoms out but we're still a long way from that bottom i feel yes i think there are two there are definitely two camps and there have been two camps for a while the denialists who are now becoming realists which is a good thing but also there are certain people that are saying that well actually it's all factored into the current prices that are prevailing on the screen in front of me as we speak magnus i tend to think that we underestimate we are underestimating the change in our lifestyles and therefore the change in our demand patterns and therefore the change in the economic environment. I do think that after only one month of this, there's more months to come and it will get much, much worse before it gets better because people do overreact because human beings are fragile. In, indeed. I mean, the, the behavioral patterns um, in Johannesburg, where I live, I mean, the restaurants are empty, people are working from home. Santon is devoid of motor cars at 8 o'clock in the morning, so something fairly dramatic has changed. And there is going to be an economic um, outfall in the sense that lower-paid workers or part-time workers or gig workers will be the first to be laid off as the institution or the, the, the company cannot afford them anymore. And from there on, it can, can get worse depending on how long this lasts. And it doesn't look like it's going to go away soon. You know, there was talk that'll be a couple of weeks and it'll be all over and it's a bad, it's just a bad flu. And, and, and those stories have quietly died away and it's extremely serious at this point in time. Uh, in South Africa. I think the economic impact is, is going to hit us very, very hard. And the social impact as well. I mean, one of the reasons that there's only a certain amount of cases in numbering in dozens in South Africa, Magnus, is because people uh, don't have access to the health care that, for example, a developed country might, might and it, they might not be able to be tested. I would wager that if there are only 85 to 100 cases being reported at the moment, you could probably multiply that by 10 times simply because people don't know that they have the virus and they don't have a sanitary environment to allow them to wash their hands and to uh, keep a social distance. You know, if if you're on a train going to work, which some people are, you're packed in in certain areas of South Africa, certain socioeconomic strata as well. So I can only see it becoming a real health problem and an economic problem in, in our country. You're quite right, and it comes at a very, very inopportune time for the South African economy, which is already uh, flatlining in terms of economic growth. So our growth forecast was already half a percent for the year or the next couple of years. Secondly, we um, have, um, as you point out, the average South African is, is far poorer than the average European, and there's not that financial safety net 
from a great deal of the South African population that can carry you through a month or three months without an income. And as you point out, a lot of people live in a very dense um, housing around the big cities. They travel, in, as, as we know, or as we often joke, you know, 28 people into a, into a taxi, and, and but it's very, very serious because you're sitting right on top of everybody else. And lastly, our mines, where a great number of people work down underground, again, you have a, a great number of people in close proximity of each other. So now the worst-case scenario is one or two of these mines have to close. There goes our platinum or gold production that affects our balance of payments. So the, the South Africa, as a result of its own particular circumstances, could be hit very, very hard in terms of economic growth, balance of payments, and, 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 and also the currency. And I see the currency is just tumbling again today. And it's horrible. 1685. I mean, mm. uh, barely two months ago, it was at 14, 13. Uh, it was, it's now dropped 18% in two and a half months. I know. So, so we all, we're all feeling the pain. doesn't matter where you are in the world, what asset classes you have, you are feeling the pain. Yes, you are. It's a, it's a tax on everyone's life, this round full. The, the only good thing about this whole debacle is I think the oil price below $30 a barrel. In fact, West Texas oil is below $26 a barrel, which is the lowest level since 2003, as we speak, Magnus. Yeah. So the uh, inflation will come down, but I don't know if that's going to help too much. I just think it's just one unintended consequence of what's been going on and a, a slight relief from the pain elsewhere. Just tell me about your life before we get on to Brenthurst and the way you're approaching this. Just tell me about how your life has changed in the last week or so. Well, most of my appointments now are, uh, not most of them, all of them have been telephonically or via Skype or via Facebook. We've just cancelled all face-to-face meetings with existing clients. And strangely enough, they, um, they're happy with, about that. They say, I'm, I'm good to talk on the phone. I mean, six months ago, they want to come in, they want to talk to you face-to-face. So as far as existing relationships are concerned, that's not a problem. The issue is at some point, you know, you need to start talking to new clients and how do you deal with that? So so most of our financial planners countrywide are working remotely. We've canceled all seminars for the next couple of months. So it has changed very, very dramatically. We're all working from home as far as we can. Certain administrative functions cannot be done from home and we've been very relaxed about working hours, flexi time, and, and assisting people getting to and from work as best we can. But but you multiply this with uh, thousands of uh, companies, and we get these emails. Everybody, but everybody has just gone to working from home. Yeah, that is reality. I mean, I'm in a, not in a fortunate position, but I'm in a not unique position either, but a position where I've been working from home now for more than three years. I have a home, I have a home studio and I podcast from home and I do other, other, another small business, which I run from home as well. So I'm used to it, but I just wonder, I'm slightly fearful of people that are used to going to work every day and they go to the coffee, uh, the coffee machine or to the water fountain or whatever, and they sit down with, with people that have become their friends and they interact. I was speaking to a financial and asset manager yesterday. He says, I'm going out of my mind. I have to stay home. I, I thrive on personal interaction. And I just wonder about the mental health of the country, never mind the fiscal and monetary health of the, of, of the country. People are going to go, are going to go bonkers being in, closeted at home all the time with people they're not used to. Well, especially if, you, if you're married, if you're not used to being <laughs> with your wife all day long. <laughs> That's what I mean. People you're not used to. <laughs> 
It's like being. It's like Christmas. All, but but it's an indefinite Christmas. I mean, there are statistics that, that suggest that if you're stuck at home with your family over Christmas, it's an unnatural situation. And in January, in January, you know, there's there's more separations and more divorces and all sorts of other consequences of that closeting together. But more seriously, this is going to go on for a long time, and people have got to take some serious advice on how to manage the the, the situation mentally and physically. Well, that is quite true, but there's a, there's a, there's an upside to it. Um, um, we have uh, three teenage and, and, and young adult children in the house at the moment, and they suddenly discover that they're going to spend their time painting and, and, and needling and handcrafting. So they've gone off with my credit card to buy stock <laughs> so that they don't sit here bored. At least the creativity creative element is coming out. They want to create stuff while they've got all this time on their hands, which we're thankful for because they, they like doing that kind of stuff. So I suspect there could be – people can react differently. If you've got suddenly got a lot of uh, amount of time on your hands, you might start writing your great novel, uh, Lindsay, or people might start painting or woodcraft just to do something mm. uh, because you've got all this time on your hands. And, and that's, as you point out, can be very dangerous at times. Yes, it can. There's always going to be some good that comes out of these extraordinary times. And I would think the first thing, uh, from the, the environment aspect, environmental aspect, the amount of uh, the air quality will obviously go up. It will spike up enormously because there's no cars on the roads and there's no airplanes flying. And so that will happen just like it did, as this example I use, when the Somali pirates first started being naughty all those years ago. Uh, no ships and no fishing boats would go along that particular stretch of, of coast so the fish stocks um, replenished, and something will, something good will come out of it. But we're—I'm going off at a tangent, Magnus. What are you advising people to do at Prentice Wealth now? Well, you know there are individuals, and you've got to do it almost on a case by case basis. You know there are certain people who will tell you, "I have been a long term investor with you guys. I'm used to the ups and the downs. I'll ride out the storm." And but on the other hand, you've got guys who are very close to retirement, who have a limited amount of capital. And they say, listen, I cannot afford a 20 under 3% decline. You've got to do something. So, mm. um, And if you know your clients and you know their risk profile and tolerance to risk, which we've already done, we moved very, very quickly and made adjustments, uh, especially in the non-discretionary uh, side of our business where there's no tax and no fees and no CGT. We've moved them into cash, boy, so quickly, and they are very, very grateful for us because they – We've stepped up to the plate and said, we are taking control of your life, going to cash. We don't know how far this can go because we know your situation. We know you've only got 10 or 20 or 30 million rand. We're not going to take any chances with that. So it's, it's on a case-by-case basis. We quickly strategize about it, and that we've rolled out to our clients in the last week or 10 days. If someone comes to you now with a couple of million and says, I think this is an opportunity because prices are now 25 to 30% below the levels of just maybe five, six weeks ago. What would you say to them? Just hold off and, and put it into cash and into conservative funds? Or would you say, yes, start easing your money in now? What would be the approach to someone who's not an existing Brenthurst Wealth client? I'll first of all check if they've got any dollars in their portfolios because I'm, I'm, I'm very negative on the RAND. I think it can go to 20 in in a, in a matter of three months. So I would try and go big, get some dollar assets non-linked to the market into their portfolio ASAP 
and there are some instruments that we can use for that. Secondly, I've been liking gold, gold, physical gold for a while, and I'm buying some gold, gold uh, exposure. And the balance will go into cash, and we sit and wait because this market can go down another fifteen to twenty percent. So, not the time to be buying. There's just too much bad news still coming out that the market is not aware of. Yes, I do think that the very fact that U.S. Federal Reserve has taken the extraordinary actions that it has in the last in, in the last ten days, interest rates at zero, five hundred billion being pumped into the system on a daily basis, as opposed to fifty billion, whatever the uh, remarkable numbers are, I, d- I do think there's a, a backdrop to this which which will come out uh, eventually. So we, we have to be very careful. Magnus, the CEO of First Rand, when their results came out last week, he said he's more or less suggested it's going to take five years for South Africa to recover economically. And that was before, Magnus, that was before what we've seen in the last week or so. So five years could become six, seven years, maybe even more. Are you starting to get a bit more scared than you have been for a while? Well, you know, just to get back to our starting point is, you know, our equity exposure in the SA has been very, very low. I think 6% of our total book. And uh, for various reasons, we've been extremely negative on the SA market. And, and so we were smart or lucky. We'll never know. I, I am very negative on the SA market because we're looking at a, at a downgrade. We've got Eskom issues. Now we've got the COVID-19 virus. And we have China. The Chinese economy is tanking. And we ha- we have a very very strong link to what the Chinese buy, and and that can spill over into us. And I, and I think it's already doing that. You can't get spare parts for your mountain bikes and motor cars, so I wouldn't be buying South African equities at this stage. There might be some special situations, but we're not in that game. And I'll be avoiding SA equities, avoiding SA property, and uh, maybe SA bonds and and some SA cash. That's been a very good hiding place to be. I mean, there are some investors who are down 40%, 50% in dollar terms uh, in South Africa by not having offshore exposure. And uh, uh, having the offshore exposure has, has benefited you greatly. It has. Have people unblocked you on Twitter? Have people apologized to you because you've come under enormous flack or you've been subjected to enormous flack rather in the, in the last few months because of your perceived negative stance toward South Africa? I'd say it's a realistic stance. Have people come back and eaten their words? You know, they have one or two guys who said, look, maybe I was right all along, but I, I still find it very strange that some people would block you. You know, fellow colleagues in the business would block you because they don't like your views when they have been spectacularly wrong, saying we don't touch offshore, we don't like offshore, it's it's risky. And it, it's been absolute rubbish that they've been spouting. And I could never find out why. What is driving this un, un, unbridled optimism or patriotism about the South African market? It's just another market. And if the uh, the vital signs are, are negative, you've got, to, you've got to call them. So unfortunately, the SA asset management industry has a very large bias towards being in the SA market for obvious reasons, Mm. and they have to defend their position. But they keep on coming and saying, now's the time to buy, now's the time to buy. And uh, people have just not made any money in six years now, which is astounding. Yes, it is. Hopefully things will get better, but I feel we'll have to reach a low point before we start to turn around. It really is a most unusual period that we're enduring at the moment. Magnus, thank you very much for your time. That's Magnus Haystack, investment strategist at Brenthurst Wealth. And that was It's My Money.
The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.